Good morning and welcome to the Magellan Show. Thanks so much for being a part of our broadcast today. It is Tuesday, August the 18th, 2015. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Magellan and we got a good show lined up for you today. Our live number is 646-929-0709. Don't forget our playback number if you want to listen in. At a time that's most convenient for you, by phone, the number is area code 712-775-7039 with access code 327-756-POUND. Of course, our website is www.magellanshow.com. Don't forget, you can also listen to the playback on our website or on iqdcalls.com. And we thank them for posting our programs, as well as all the other websites that are doing the same. We're on Twitter, and you can definitely follow us, and we encourage you to follow us, at Real Magellan. So just type in Real Magellan, and you'll find us on Twitter. On Sunday night, we had a special program called The Big Picture. If you did not have a chance to listen to that program... I would encourage you, when you have the opportunity, to listen in. Just go to our website and listen to Sunday night's program. It was insightful and informative. We really covered some, some territory that night, and so you definitely want to, uh, to listen in and, uh, and enjoy that show. We'll be doing that well, as it stands now, on a monthly basis, about one Sunday night per month, and stay tuned for more information pertaining to the big picture. We're going to go ahead now and get into the headlines for today. Uh, lots of news happening, uh, you know, from political to uh, what's going on with the... Rumors of wars, wars and rumors of wars, as the Bible says. Uh, you know, when I, when I look at the news, I often think about the prophetic writings within the Bible because that's where we're at. I mean, just, just listen to some of these headlines, and then we'll just kind of zero in on some of them. Russia and China to stage naval drills in Sea of Japan trained for beach landing. So those two countries working together, they're part of the BRICS nations, of course. North Korea threatens to, quote, invade U.S., unquote, unless South Korean military exercises are halted. Also, Russia on alert as U.S. trains Ukraine's troops. And with China crashing economically, Saudi Arabia is hemorrhaging for cash. Now, the United States has a very interesting relationship with Saudi Arabia. We'll talk more about that as the program goes on today. But certainly, as I was saying earlier, just a lot of news, very concerning the International Monetary Fund is warning of disorderly correction if China reforms reform slows. 
And the U.S. dollar might drop up to 20% after a Fed hike. We're going to look at all of these stories today, Lord willing, and, and just get a sense as to what's happening. Don't miss today's program. It's going to be a good one. This is the Magellan Show. Let's, let's get rolling. Well, first, I, I, I think I want to just look at this, at this article here talking about, about what's going on with the Fed. See, here's the situation. We had been hearing about a possible interest rate hike this fall by the Fed. They were alluding to it. And then you had the China situation. And if you remember, China devalued their currency by 2%, the Chinese yuan. And it sent the stock exchange here in the United States, New York Stock Exchange, on a free fall. We had a bad day with the markets. Now, China later said that they would have some strict guidelines as to how they would handle the situation and that it wouldn't be as dire as what everyone was thinking and that they would, they would put the brakes on, so to speak, and, and that it w- would not devalue beyond a certain point. And so that brought a little calm to our markets here in the United States and things kind of leveled out over the following days. We're just talking about last week anyway. And so when the China news first came out about their devaluation of of their yuan, the Federal Reserve said, well, maybe we shouldn't raise rates because of this whole situation. And so everyone was like, okay, you're not going to do that. Then China said, well, we will not take such aggressive approaches. So it appears that the Fed hike could be back in play. Anyways, lots of back and forth. This person says this. You know, this, this government leader says that. But as the U.S. Federal Reserve prepares for a first time in a decade increase in borrowing costs, currency market participants are buying into the dollar, seeking to sell at its highest value, which, as history shows, just before the actual tightening move. Let me stop there for just a moment. If you look at the dollar right now, and watch the value of it and, and where it's at and how it, it stacks up against other currencies. It looks on the surface like it's doing, doing pretty well. And that is, I believe, the biggest trap of all. You see, this affects all of us. <laughs> And it's so interesting how some people say, well, I'm not in that market. It doesn't affect me. I really don't care about hearing about this. No, this affects everybody. 
especially those of us here in the United States of America and those who live in countries where, where there is a close economic relationship with the United States of America. Notice what this article says here again, and we'll go further with it. But many participants are buying into the dollar, seeking to sell at its highest value, which, as history shows, just before the actual tightening move. Several weeks ago, several weeks ago, maybe even, you know, three or four months ago, and on more than one occasion, I have talked a little bit about the the mystery of the Shemitah. And I know a lot of people are talking about it, and for that reason, I was a bit cautious to not overly discuss it so as to not appear like I was jumping on the latest prophetic bandwagon, so to speak. But at the same time, I cannot ignore what appears to be happening, or at least on the verge of happening. Now, if you haven't heard about the mystery of the Shemitah, basically, in a nutshell, it's like this. Uh, in, the, in the scriptures, in the Old Testament, every seventh year, they were instructed to rest their land. And when they didn't do that, there were serious consequences. And then you had, every 49 years, you had a super Shemitah or a Jubilee. Now, Jonathan Kahn, a Messianic rabbi, wrote a book entitled The Mystery of the Shemitah. It's actually the sequel to The Harbinger. Many of you have probably read that, if not both of these books. And in the Shemitah, the Mystery of the Shemitah book, it gives the biblical accounts of what happened, and it also covers some historical timelines just in the last hundred years. And the amazing thing about this, whether you believe it or not, whether you consider yourself a religious person or not, whether you're a Jew, a Christian, or something else, there is one thing that you cannot deny, and there's one thing that I cannot deny, and that is this. When you go back and look at all of these dates that coincide with the Shemitah. It seems that every single time, without exception, something major would occur on a financial level. Major. And we see that there is a pattern here, a distinct pattern. And I'm, I'm spending some time to talk about this today.
because I believe that it is that important. In 2008, we had the uh, the the bond market and and uh, the real estate bubble. In 2001, we had a major stock market crash. As the markets opened up several days later, after 9/11, and this. Shemitah actually occurs on the Jewish calendar on the date Elul 29, which this Shemitah here in 2015 would be occurring on the 13th of September. Now, does that mean that something is going to happen specifically on the 13th of September? No, I'm not saying that. For one thing, you can't put God in a box. God is... Uh, you know he's he's not going to be bound by certain dates but at the same time we know that god also holds dates and times and seasons to be very important as well that's why throughout the scriptures you have holy days feast days and so much more because God considers it to be uh, very, very, uh, very important to uh, to the religious experience. But as we see, and see, here's the thing: I had heard and heard, I had heard about the Shemitah some time ago, but now as we're approaching this September season and beyond, it seems that there are such disturbing reports coming out, ominous signs, uh, and it's coming from a wide range of analysts, respected analysts, some that would not even affiliate themselves with Christianity, Judaism, or any other religion, for that matter. But they're looking at the fundamentals and they're seeing what is actually occurring right now. So what's going to happen with this whole dollar situation? I believe that what we're seeing here is that the dollar is being pumped up. And, well... I think you can probably finish the rest of the sentence. <laughs> and I don't think I even have to say what I think is going to happen next because I think you get the idea. I think that this, well, I think this balloon is about to pop. After a year of gains propelled by the expectations of the U.S., Feds, the U.S. Fed's base interest rate increase and the weakness in most of the world's currencies. The greenback is at about its highest level, highest value before the Fed finally moves to raise borrowing costs in September. 
The period after any move to tighten monetary policy is characterized by sell-offs in assets of the given nation, meaning the long-overdue Fed hike is likely to cause a tumble in the U.S. dollar's value. That said, now might be just the right time, this is according to this article, might be the right time to sell the greenback as a risk-hedging precautionary measure. Wow, such fancy words. <laughs> a risk-hedging precautionary measure. Let me just put it in everyday terms. What they're saying is, get out of the dollar because... <laughs> If you don't, like, everything could, like, get really bad. So put it in something else. <laughs> That's kind of what these uh, what these analysts are saying. Uh, this piece uh, written by Christiane Rose, and this is uh, actually an article. You can check out this article. Uh, it's on Sputnik News. Dot com, And you can read it in its entirety on our website, MagellanShow.com, or on our Twitter feed, at Real Magellan. I don't like having to bear this kind of news. Soaring U.S. dollar pushes global corporate dividends. This is the other article you can check out on our website. U.S. is gearing up for onrushing economic collapse. Does this news ever stop? I mean, I could get on here and, and tell you that, you know, it's all going to be wonderful, and I hope it is. But it's like I've said before, I, I'd, I'd rather be... One year too early, then ten minutes too late. America hurls all effort into preparing for September apocalypse. As economic forecasts are becoming more and more intimidating, RT columnist Robert Bridge wrote. Now let me stop for a moment. The reason why I think this is becoming more and more likely, and it doesn't have to precisely happen in September, you know, any time this fall, but look, if nothing else, they're going to make this thing happen. They're going to short out this market one way or the other. Now, the, the people on there that, that are telling you that Positioning yourself in other currencies and other safe bets like precious metals is a little extreme. Well, they're probably doing the same thing themselves. They're just not telling you. But according to Gallup's recently released U.S. Economic Confidence Index rating, Confidence in the U.S. E economy among Americans dropped to its lowest level in July. Nothing to be surprised about, considering that each and every economy analyst deem it, deems it duty to share predictions on the country's nearest future in a campfire scary story manner. 
it does seem like professional economists are competing in a think of the most dreadful metaphor contest when it describes what awaits the global economy. The founder of Trends Research, who predicted the panic of 2008, believes that soon we will witness the crash of a global stock market and predicts the economic earthquake that will send reverberations around the world. So I know you're saying, what can we do? What can we do? We get it. Do we really get it, though? We hear this news, we hear these reports, but have we become so, what's the word I'm looking for, so accustomed to hearing these reports that it's just kind of goes in one ear and out the other, or, or we think about it a little bit, but then we just kind of feel overwhelmed, like a sense of learned helplessness, and then we just like stop and say, okay, let's get on with daily business. But I can guarantee you, just about guarantee you this, the powers that be are making preparations. And I know that the powers that be, the global elite, yes, they have resources. But everything is relative, we know that. And with that being said, I believe that there are certain measures that each and every one of us can take just to be wise. And we've talked about those before. Just start thinking about the things that are important to you and what you would do if you did not have them. So then take the measures necessary to ensure that you can at least have most, if not all, of those provisions and do the best you can within your financial ability and connect with others that are doing the same. And what you cannot do, know that, that God will bless what you have started and I believe he will finish the work. I, I think about the story of, of the widow woman and how the, the prophet, prophet Elijah goes in and, and he multiplies the food that, that she has. You know, she bakes him the cake, and, but then her and her son have enough food after that they were going to eat their last meal, so they're, they were destitute. But, but they, they take that step of faith, and God multiplies. Even with the story of the fishes and the loaves, when, when Jesus walked the face of the earth, and, and he fed the 5,000, he had something to multiply. The prophet Elijah had something to multiply. And I think that's the thing. Let's do what we can so that God can multiply it. You know? I think that's a good, a good way to look at it.
I do want to look at a couple more articles, though, pertaining to this economic situation. Then we'll move into some other stories. But the IMF is giving some pretty serious warnings here. This is in reference to China. And if the reform slows, the IMF warned that China, the world's second largest economy, could face a disorderly correction followed by slower growth if its reform program slows. Presenting its annual assessment of China, the IMF on Friday expressed satisfaction with its transition to a more market-oriented economy, but it also warned Beijing to stay the course despite recent warning signs. The faster the progress, the sooner the benefits will materialize, said Mar uh, Marcus uh, Rodler, head of the IMF mission to China and one of the authors of the review. So, obviously, China needs to recover quickly. question is, will they? Well, nobody knows for sure. We'll be watching that story. I was talking about Saudi Arabia a bit earlier. We are very connected with that country. And we're going to read a little bit about the connection that with China's economic crash and Saudi Arabia. With China's economic crash driving U.S. oil prices down to $42 a barrel, Saudi Arabia is the oil exporting nation suffering the worst economic decline. The 15,000 member, and I'm going to tell you why this is, this is a concerning article here. The 15,000 members of the six branches of the Saudi royal family have been buying national support with massive social welfare spending. But with the oil price plunging by 60%, causing a massive budget deficit, the kingdom's foreign exchange reserves could be wiped out in four years. And most analysts have focused on Russia as suffering the worst impacts of the oil price crash. The value of Russia's oil and gas production is approximately $350 billion per year. It accounts for 20% of Russia's GDP and equals two-thirds of all exports. But even at current prices, Russia will still achieve a trade surplus of about 3% of GDP. As an oil exporter, Russia is uniquely self-sufficient and a military exporter. But Saudi Arabia oil and gas sector makes up 45% of GDP, funds about 80 of the government's budget, and accounts for about 90% of exports. So now that oil is down right now and Saudi Arabia is struggling to the extent that the Saudi royal family has been buying national support with massive social welfare spending, what's next and how does this affect the United States? Well, we know that... Saudi has been a big purchaser of our treasury bills. That's one of the things that's actually helped this economy, U.S. economy, to stay as strong as it has. What happens if there's a deviation there? I'm just submitting that to you. 
could obviously uh, cause a great deal of havoc in these economic markets. Shifting from economic news and moving more into news pertaining to some of these wars that we're facing, wars and rumors of wars. As I was saying at the beginning of this program, Russia is on alert as U.S. trains Ukraine's troops. This is getting a little too close for comfort. Deep in the forests and rolling fields of Ukraine's western borderlands, a partnership that Russia's that Russia hoped never to see as quickly and noisily taking shape. Now, now listen to this. To the crunch of grenades and crackle of machine gun fire, United States paratroopers are helping members of Ukraine's National Guard to better defend the country's east from separatist militants armed by Russia and assisted by its troops. Look, I don't think I even have to read any more of this article. Do you hear what is happening here? Though it may be on a small scale, we, in essence, are battling Russian, Russian troops. The thing that we have feared, the thing that my parents and grandparents feared, and look... The whole Soviet Union, you know, all this crisis. We worried about it. Russia's going to get us. And now we hear about the United States partnering with Ukraine, U.S. paratroopers, and fighting these separatist militants that are that are basically being armed and assisted by by Russian troops, we've got a war with Russia. <laughs> it's just like anything happens now. Anything happens, and we just take it sitting down. It's no big deal. You know. If I didn't know better, I, I would think that that our world has become so desensitized to everything that it's like, you know, have you ever seen someone and they've almost been in like in a trance-like state, you know, they're just in the zone, I don't know what, and you, you wave your hand in front of their eyes to see if they blink? And they're just kind of like sitting there. That's kind of where, as a society, we're at. I mean, you can, you can hear about disturbing news or, or laws being passed that you don't agree with, um, moral decay, outbreak of war with Russia being fought in in the forest of Ukraine, and it's just no big deal. 
The dollar is on the verge of collapse, but it's just no big deal. Have you ever heard the expression, deer in the headlights? Eh, you know, it's like when you're driving down the road and there's a deer that comes out into the highway. It's late at night. And the deer is almost blinded by your headlights. And that's kind of the position that we all are in in this country right now. It's time that we wake up. It's time that we wake up. Especially as, as our government allows so many of these events to just to just happen and many of course by design and speaking of Russia they're working closely with China staging military drills naval drills I should say these two brick nations working closely together militarily. I was listening to a pastor online uh, teach ab about the end times. And he was reading Ezekiel's prophecies in the 37, 38, 39 chapters, especially Ezekiel 38. And talking about Israel and, you know, what could happen in the future. And talking about the kings of the north. We are just getting very close to that. And, and perhaps in a, in a future broadcast we can, we can look at some of those prophecies more specifically. Because in... The book of Ezekiel, chapter 38, it actually speaks of Russia. Does it say Russia? No, it doesn't say Russia. But there, there are some words in there that, when translated, reveal to us that one of the main countries within this alliance... That will, that will wage this final war will be Russia. Some call it the Battle of Gog and Magog. Some say it's the same war as the Battle of Armageddon. Some say it's a, a separate war, but either way, it's one of the wars at the end of days. And the, the news that we're getting points us in that direction. Not saying it's something that's going to happen tomorrow. But the stage is being set, my friends. The stage is being set. In other news, uh, immigration news, uh, just this, I, I was actually watching just a little bit of this uh, last night. Just, just a, a, a little on on Hannity, and they had Jorge Ramos, who is kind of the Tom Brokaw of, or Wolf Blitzer 
of the Spanish-speaking world. Uh, he's on Univision and uh, all the you know the major news uh, organizations. And, and he says the American immigration system is so broken that everyone is breaking the law in this country. So he's saying, well, you know, it's really no big deal that you have illegal immigration because the system's broken anyway, so might as well just, well, come on and cross that border illegally because there are flaws in the system. Is that the right thing to say? Is, is that moral uh, logic there? I don't see it that way. Of course, uh, and apparently Jorge Ramos does. We're going to see a lot of changes. I know that there's been a lot of discussion about illegal immigration. Donald Trump has spoken very boldly about uh, immigration, as well as a lot of other uh, candidates. Each, each candidate has, has spoken out uh, about immigration to one extent or another, all giving their, their, their plan on how they would handle it. Uh, from Ted Cruz to Mike Huckabee to Ben Carson, they all have a plan. Of course, we'll see what actually becomes a reality if one of these candidates actually becomes the president. But I think the economy is going to be a big issue in this election cycle. According to Hannity, he says, we have 93 million Americans out of the labor force. 93 million. That's an incredible number. I mean, that's nearly one-third, definitely more than, than 25% uh, of, of Americans. Just no work. And 50 million Americans would be considered in poverty. And 46 uh, are dependent upon uh, government assistance, such as food, food stamps, etc. So we have, and, and we haven't faced the crisis yet. I can tell you these numbers are going to rise. But what's going to happen when government says, well, we're out of money. We can't help you. It's not working anymore. We can't help you anymore. There are too many of you. Well, they'll try to, to do something at first. They'll take drastic measures. But that, you know, maybe raise taxes more, do some type of socialistic type uh, approach, but it won't work. Because the fundamentals are gone. So what will happen at the end of the day? Well, I believe that this is the cause. But they have the solution. 
this will usher in Agenda 21. This will usher in the New World Order, a global currency, a new U.S. currency, new laws. And I believe that we're going to see a lot of these things happen even before the election. And who knows where that could lead us. It's time to be ready and have a game plan. But only you and your family can make those kinds of decisions as to what you need to do and how you need to do it. But most importantly, you've got to seek God on that matter and ask for his wisdom that only he can provide you. And he will always give wisdom to those who freely ask for it. Our playback number is area code 712-775-7039 with access code 327-756-POUND. For those of you that missed the big picture on Sunday night, I would encourage you to check it out. Go to our website, MagellanShow.com, listen in, or zip on over to IKDCalls.com. You can find it over there, and I know that, um, that you will enjoy the program. Don't forget to check out our website for all the latest news and offerings. I appreciate your listening to our program. I really do, and I want to encourage you to support our broadcast because we not only are presenting the news that is coming from a clear and unbiased perspective and you don't get that in mainstream media but we are also producing programs programming like what we did Sunday night that really takes our understanding to new heights and we are researching, we are spending hours. I mean, just to do a program like we did the other night, Big Picture, I mean, I invest countless hours. It's not just what we do when we get behind the microphone. So it's way beyond that. And so sometimes I think we have this tendency, I know I have, that says, well, somebody else will do it. So I won't worry about that. I will continue to listen to I will continue to listen to the program to the Magellan show. And you know, someone else will will ensure that this type of programming stays on the air, the regular programming Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern and and the special programming like the big picture, these types of broadcasts you know, you continue to listen, you know, and you've, you've, some of you have listened for, for, for two years. You know, we're now going two years. Some of you have been listening for just a couple of weeks. But we all have the tendency sometimes to think that someone else will do it. But I just want to reach out to you and say, look, if you appreciate what you're doing, what, what we're doing, you enjoy the the news programs that we do on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you enjoy the special programming that we do on Sunday nights, and you want to not only see that continue, but you want to see it increase. 
not go the other way. Then ensure that we stay on the air and ensure that, that we keep on keeping on. So we obviously ask for your, uh, for your encouragement, for your, for your prayers. That's foundational. And we appreciate all that you do. But I just really want to reach out to you and say that if you want to get behind us and support what we're doing, does that mean that you have to, to, to donate in a large way? No, not necessarily. Now, if you're able to, that's great. But, you know, when everybody does something, then it makes a powerful difference. So... Whether you're giving $5 or $500 is really beside the point. The point is, is that you do something. And so that's why I am taking this time to re- just be very sincere with you and say, you know, that we, we, we have costs associated with this, with this program, this broadcast, and we invest tremendous time in it. And we want to continue to do that, but we do ask for your support. If you listen regularly then support what we're doing. Go to our website, MagellanShow.com. Click on the Donate button. And you can donate there. Of course, if you aren't uh, the type that that would uh, donate in that fashion and you want to uh, donate another way, then email us. And our email address is contact at MagellanShow.com and uh, inquire uh, and ask ask us, uh, you know, in, in in what way uh, that you can donate? We'll talk about it. Um, you know whether that's uh, you know just just contact us and we'll talk about it. You know, and uh, maybe you uh, you know want to mail a check or maybe you have some other type of of uh, asset or whatever that that you'd like to give, and uh, we'll give you the. Uh, the information and the address to uh, to send out there, and we want to grow. We want to expand. We want to be able to to get on FM radio, AM radio. We want to get on on uh, on these affiliates and and expand. Where th- this type of programming can go national, not just online. We have radio stations right now that will take us. And we've had those for a while. But those things do not come those things do not come cheap. They they don't. I wish that they that they did, but they don't. Some have made us some very good offers. Uh, we've got a radio station in Kansas City and we can we can go on the air there uh, well depending on how often they may take us weekly, you know, or if they take us every day. But, but you know, just to give you an example, it's just because I really want to be transparent with you, we can go on in Kansas City uh, just based on, on some of the information I, I have gathered thus far. We can go on there for about 800 per month. That's that's to do our Tuesday and Thursday program, where we are reaching you know potentially 
millions of people in the Kansas City area. And there are other locations. We've, uh, we've talked to uh, other radio stations in Southern California. Now, some of these are high-powered stations, and they're going to cost a lot more. Kansas City is more of a medium-powered radio station. But we want to do this little by little by little. And as we expand and, and gain a bigger audience, then the, you know, th then, then the burden is, is very little. And, and we can grow then at a much faster, a more rapid rate. But we've come so far. And many of you have been with me since the very beginning. And you know, you know me, we have not ever succumbed to this, uh, this mindset or this attitude that says, okay, we're going to promote these kinds of ideas because everybody else is promoting them. No, we've stood alone many times on the history of this broadcast. And we'll continue to do that if we have to. But we're just going to be real. We ain't going to change. <laughs> we're staying the same no matter how, how big we may grow. But you all are part of that process. And more now than ever before, we need to be a voice. Yes, there are, are other voices out there, but we want to, to be a voice even still. Join us, won't you? Thanks for, for hearing me out there. This is the Magellan Show. Thanks so much for listening to our broadcast. We will be back here on Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Don't miss our broadcast. Thanks so much again for listening. God bless all of you. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Real Magellan. Until then, Thursday, have a great day. Bye-bye for now.